Living at the 45 today with Adam Borak, and it's a pleasure to have him on. I just met him recently through a mutual a mutual friend. Uh, I think it was was it AJ Chambry? Yeah, right? AJ. Yep, I thought so. Yeah. Well, let me uh, briefly uh, give a quick uh, info on you to all the people listening out there. Uh, you are a high level player. You played uh, national, international tournaments. You played for Fordham and uh, graduated with a degree in physics. So already you're out of my league. Uh, and then you graduated in 2020. So you're a young man and uh, as a software engineer, which is interesting because that's sort of where you uh, took your career now with NetPost Sports. It's a new app, uh, which we'll talk about at length. And you also run Tipsy Tennis Podcasts. And, uh, you know, where you're trying to hook people up, you know, to play more and more matches and uh, sort of self-organize, uh, you know, competition, friendly competition. Is that all about right, Adam? Yeah, that, sound, that sounds about right. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was looking at your app over the weekend and, uh, you know, like I said, way, way out of my pay grade. But uh, I, uh, I found it interesting because... I always tell people, you know, especially when they're taking up the game, I always say, hey, the hardest part about tennis is finding practice. That's literally the it's easy to take lessons. It's easy to even understand a few things and get enough tips to feel like you can play the game. But if you play people that are below you, well, then it's it's hard to get a rally going. And if you people play people that are too far above you then, you know, they're not going to want to play too much longer with you. Number one, number two, it's even hard to get a, a rally going with them because you're, you're kind of, you know, it's just got to be perfect, you know? So um, that's why, you know, so many people do clinics and group lessons and, you yeah. know, they're 3.5 or this or that. So tell me a little bit about how, you know, uh, NetPost is different and how you plan on, you know, uh, venturing out into this part of the market. Yeah, I mean, well, the way it kind of started was uh, when I was in college, I had this idea maybe like four or five years ago uh, that I, I was the president of the club team, uh, club tennis team at Fordham. And I'll tell you, it was completely like disorganized. And I know that we weren't the only like college team that because it uh, college team that was like kind of disorganized where we had like some, like, we had Excel sheets, we had like uh, uh, group chats, you know, things like that. But it was definitely just kind of like thrown at the wall and hope it sticks. Um, and so I'm like, okay, you know, I started formulating this idea of like, there, there needs to be, you know, it'd be cool to like make an app that like, you know, can keep track of the scores, uh, have um, members, everybody can see who, who everybody is playing, things like that. And then uh, kind of give it a social flair to it where to just like make it a little bit more engaging. Uh, I had this, my, the original um, name that I had for it was Swing. Um, there's, a, there's an app right now called Swing Vision. So, you know, they kind of beat me to the name, but my idea is just like, oh, when you, when you play a match with your friend, be like, hey, you want to swing it? You know, uh, they would do it. But um, so I, I sat on this idea for the next couple of years. Um, I, was, I was in school. I was like, I was, I was studying to be a software engineer. Um, this is like, I took on this project as actually, uh, I started working on it before as a way to kind of learn about software engineering, kind of like self-teach myself. It's like the best way to do that is just start a project and learn as you go. And then I was taking some classes in it, uh, in school as well. 
graduated, worked for a couple of years. And this idea just kept on festering me. And like, I, I, I see it like, and so I originally thought about it in like, uh, this would be, this would have been a great tool for me while I was a uh, president of the club of club tennis at Fordham. But then I was like looking at it from the other side. It's like, this would, could be something really good for clubs. And, you know, as you said, it's very difficult to find uh, partners and, you know, especially if you're not a high level, it's also quite intimidating for people to like, you know, just go out and be like, Hey, do you want to play or something like that? And so my idea is like a way to, you know, create a, a, a social tennis environment um, that will build on top of communities. And so everybody can see, you know, uh, different clubs, different groups, different teams activity, just like, uh, you know, if you see a, a, a group or a club is playing, there's a bunch of matches that are constantly being played over there. You're going to be more likely to, you know, to join it because you see that, you know, there's like that kind of activity and then also using it as a way to organize people where, you know, keep track of, um, have like a league, uh, ladder match that ought, that's automatically done and just kind of like a, you know, creating like a, a, like a, like a league within the club, but it's not quite, uh, you're not like in a league, you know what I mean? It's just like a way to, uh, kind of like, it'll, it'll naturally kind of like rank itself. And then, you know, when you're looking for people to play with, you can say, Oh, I know this person. I don't know that person, but that person beat the, my friend and I beat my friend. So we might be a good matchup as well, because a lot of recreational players don't have UTR. They don't really know what their USTA rating sure. is. Um, and so, it's uh, it's a way to kind of build upon, you know, that kind of community and, and get people more engaged, you know, when we're at home, because otherwise people just go to the tennis courts, they play, they might hang around for, you know, five, 10 minutes, but then they go home and then they don't, you know, you know, some tennis friends, I mean, you know, I have friends that are like exclusively tennis, like we are best pals, but like we only see each other when we play tennis, you know what I mean? Yep. And I kind of, I want to, you know, build on top of that, um, on top of that with the, with NetPost. Uh, is it particularly um, more on a friendly basis or do you plan on being like a UTR in the future where, oh, NetPost will have its own tournament or, yeah. or you know, or national, uh, you know, competition somehow? Yeah, I, I that's definitely like one thought that I had of like one direction I could go but then uh you know I started thinking like I'm do I really want to go up against UTR and then like USTA world tennis number like these, these are essentially like you know the you know the the guys I'm going against which they already do their job really well and they're very specialized I want but I still want there to be some sort of rating system to it just so people can kind of gauge uh their level between like themselves um but also I want, I want it to, I want it to be a way for like, it's like the unofficial official tennis app where like clubs, if they host a tournament, they could do it through NetPost. It'll be, it'll be like nice in, in the, on your phone, but then it'll also be like online where you could check, you know, tournament updates, the draws, and you can see all of that kind of stuff and stay up to date with the tournament and, you know, even like and comment on, you know, some of the matches. And so, but, you know, to make that first, like to, to, to grow from that. It's like anybody can create a, create a tournament. Let's say I create a tournament at my local park and, you know, I put it up there. I say, there's, you know, eight people entry or four people entry 
have like a micro tournament um and uh you know you could like anybody can create it and uh for for college teams for uh league teams for clubs for uh pickleball um, i'm i'm definitely looking to break into the pickleball space because pickleball community is like not organized at all everybody just shows up they play and i think i could be like a, a first mover in that market as well uh, with this yeah, I know what you're saying about club tennis, because I did some interviews with uh, some college guys and uh, students of mine, and uh, some of them play on the varsity team, but some play club. I guess club's kind of a big deal. I, I played varsity on my team, so I never really uh, never really even heard about club tennis when I was going to school, but that was, you know, hundreds of years ago. But, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I guess that's where the whole thing uh, was birthed on huh? this whole unorganization in club. And, yeah. and I do hear that from the guys. I hear that club is really fun and they really like it, but it can be quite un unorganized. Yeah. It lacks structure because like you don't have a head coach who's, you know, tells what, what all the players, what to do, you know, because, you know, you have like a president and a captain and you try to, you you take the best players and you keep an eye on them because they're the ones who are going to travel and play tournaments and represent the school. But then you also have like a whole other group of players who just want to come have fun, socialize, meet people. And that part was, uh, yeah, there's no organization. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, you can't really tell somebody like what to do when you're both like students It's just kind of like, I'll show up if I want to. So some practices, nobody shows up some practices, everybody shows up and nobody can get a court. Um, and you know, that, that's where his birth and, and, uh, actually, um, that's also where uh, tipsy tennis was birthed as well. Okay. Uh, we had uh Fridays was, uh, was tipsy tennis day. <laughs> I like the idea of tipsy tennis. Uh, you know, definitely a lot of tennis players, like, uh, especially us old timers, you know, we play a, a couple of hours. You, you got to have a cold beer after that. I'm guessing that's where tipsy comes in. For sure. For sure. Okay. Uh, let me ask you, uh, I guess I got a couple of questions. Number one, uh, how does it work? Let's I've been on your app and I saw, I haven't created my account yet, but take me through that. So I get to your, your you know, and it looks very simple, which I like. Uh, and I see you've got the pros. I did follow a few pros this morning, which I like. You can hit Taylor Fritz, which I did to see his most recent matches, wins, losses. I hit Nadal. Boy, I can't believe how many losses he's had lately. Yeah. Um, but so it, for me, that was quite interesting this morning because I like it's simple. It's quick. You know, usually it's such a pain in the neck to even find a draw. Like I was looking for the Indian Wells draw the other day and, you know, it's not that easy. You know, I finally find it, but then it's, it's, it's not just a clean draw they give you all the time. And yeah. that's why I kind of like the idea of the app. So I did go through the pros. Of course, I don't have any friends yet because I haven't built my profile, but I'll do that. Uh, but uh, to be honest, I never really look for games. I'm a pro at a club. So if I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's my first question is, could you take me through or take uh, yep. our listeners through it? For sure. Um, so you create a profile and I'll, I'll bring out my phone, um, bring it out. You create a profile and what you see now on this, on this main page is a newsfeed. This newsfeed consists of the pros that you follow, uh, the friends that you follow and the groups that you follow. And, you know, and you can like and comment on any of the posts. 
you know, I played, uh, I went, I went to Sweden, played uh, Simon Froing. He's a pro. He totally kicked my ass, but you uh -huh. know, we played, we played a tiebreaker. He won 10, one or yeah, 10, one you could like, and then put a little comment for it. Um, and so it's, and it's, you know, another thing I was kind of looking at for that is, uh, you know, straight to the point, like people, some people, they just want to know the scores. They don't really want to like, you know, they don't really want to look for it. Just like give them the score and be like, okay, that's cool. And then move on. You know what I mean? Like just to kind of pass. They're not looking for first serve percentages or unforced yeah. errors, you know, like, like passively just getting fed, you know, the, you know, keeping up with the tour basically, um, you know, just with this, um, you have the pros. So you're mentioning, you know, you clicked Taylor Fritz. Oh, he's over here. And then you start to see all of his match results who we played the, the tournament, the round. And then you could also like on comment on any of these matches. And then you could, uh, you could follow him. I'm, I think I'm, yeah, I'm already following him. So you go here and then that, and that, that will start putting you on his, uh, uh, on your newsfeed. So that's the social part. That was like a way to kind of, you know, keep people in the loop, but the real organization that I'm trying to tackle. And, and this is the thing that I'm, I'm focusing on in the next, like, you know, probably year or so in, in, in terms of development is in the group section. So these are all the groups that I'm a part of. Uh, I don't have many users because we, we literally launched uh, two weeks ago. Um, and there's a few more bugs we have to clean up before I really wanted to start uh, marketing it. But for example, you know, you click on one of the, on one of the groups and then you get to see posts that people make, which is not necessarily a score. It could just be like, Hey, an announcement, you know, who's looking for a, you know, doubles or whatever, you know, this weekend. Um, yeah, none of them have, I wish. Oh, okay. And then another one, you know, you have the scores. So every time a, uh, a score is reported, it'll get filtered to that. So you have my groups over here. And then you have explore groups. Nobody has made any groups, so there's no groups to explore right now. But that's the idea, and that'll be also based on geolocation uh, down the line if we can start gathering. So if you're in Brooklyn, it'll show you Brooklyn. It's not going to show you California. Uh, you have your own profile where it has all your, your your record, so you can keep track of every single match you played. Um, and then the way you create a match is you press the green button at the bottom. You go, you could do a new post, you could do, or a new match. I'll click new match. You select your, I'll pick, uh, you know, this friend for now. You put in some details, a location. I'll put, um, I don't know, New York. I'm in New York. You set what group it's a part of. If it is part of a group, if you're not part of a group, it's fine. And then you can also change the visibility. If you don't want it to be public, you don't need to make it public. You can just keep it, you know, this record for yourself. But, um, I'll make it public You go here and then you just click, you know, what the score is. You could do tiebreak. You could do three sets. You could do tiebreakers and adjust the amounts of sets you play. You could do eight game pro set, a fast four, best of five, only one set. These are all options. You have tennis and pickleball. And, um, and then when you, when you submit a score, so I'm just going to put, you know, one zero, I beat my friend. All right. You click save. And then that gets filtered to the sidebar where the person that you played needs to confirm the match and they confirm it by swiping it like that. And so it's like, uh, you know, I so no see. I see. Scores. that's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, 
Uh, anyone else doing anything like this? Uh... So I'm not the first person who's kind of trying to do this, but the reason I, I was like, I quit my job so I could pursue this is because I have the opportunity. I'm starting with a blank slate. I have a blank canvas that I'm able to create whatever I want. And so the fact that it's, you know, clean, it's simple is like what my goal was because the other ten tennis apps that I saw are on the market right now, they're really clunky. They like, they, they, um, you know, one thing they immediately are pushing ads They're you know, they're really trying to do that. They're, um, there's just, you, I don't know. You're not getting like too much value out of it. Like you can follow, let's say, you know, even some of the ones where you can follow pros, Look, I'm not saying what I'm going to do is going to be better. If you want to, like, if you want to look up first serve percentage and this kind of stuff, download those other apps. But this is like, you know, something like that, integrating that is just kind of, and in such a clean way as well. And this is like a foundation where I can kind of branch out any way I want. And uh, so the next thing that I'm going to do is like in the groups page, um, I'm going to have it where if you just like kind of like swipe to the side, you'll have a table and it'll have like, the record of all the people who uh, had played in, that are in the group, it'll automatically just create a table of, of their records, kind of like a ladder, basically a ladder league. Um, I could, you know, from there I could define some rules for the ladder. So now you can get into challenging people. You could do, you know, what happens if you beat the person who's higher rate uh, rated than you or ranked than you, you know, we could just automate all of these rules because I, I know there's a few ladders, that are going on and these other apps do it as well, but everything is kind of done by hand. Um, huh. I automate a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I, I did. I did notice it was very clean and very simple, which I liked, um, you know, kind of like a menu, you know, it's, it's not great if the menu's too big, you know, you just kind of get lost in it. Uh, you know, the only the other thing I was wondering when I was going through this app is there are, players on the fringes, you know, like there's players that are just coming into the sport that don't like serving, or they just want to have a good groove hit. Then mm -hmm. there's, um, there's older guys uh, like my age. And um, that I was talking to my doubles partner just the other day from the boys, uh, 18 and unders, 16 and unders. Yep. And uh, we're still in touch. And I'm going out to Florida to do some shooting uh, next week. And, um, I said, Hey, you know, you're still playing ball. You want to hit something as well. My tennis is now this can't serve anymore. Destroyed a shoulder, but a lot of play and a lot of my friends in LA, same thing. They played for UCLA, great players. There a lot of them aren't serving anymore because of their shoulder. They're playing this game called live ball. I don't know if they have it on the East coast yet, but no. it's a, yeah, I didn't think so. They don't have it here in Colorado. But it's a big deal in California right now. It's called live ball. And it's basically, you know, just games from the backcourt, you know, doubles mostly. But, you know, where the pro starts off with a feed. and, and But it's serious, you know. It's it's yep. it's kind of like the pickleball craze. It's a serious thing. It's called live ball. And um, I, I still like to play sets. But sometimes, you know, I just... I just want to groove hit. Like when I go to Florida next, that's why I asked my doubles partner, Hey, can we hit some balls? He says, yeah, I can hit with you from the baseline, which is all I really care about is just getting a groove hit before I shoot some video. Right. And um, so I guess people can do whatever they want. I mean, yours is to get people together, but if they decide, Hey, you want to play a match day or you want to hit, I guess they could just hit. Couldn't they? Yeah. You know, 
I, like I said, there's plenty of people that are either intimidated by matches or they just want to, you know, hit the ball. And, and then there's good players that, that, you know, are older and they just, you know, I'll play an 11 pointer. I played a couple of those yesterday, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I really want this to be something that people can use in many different ways um, to like tailor to their personal, to what they need. And I'm just kind of creating that like framework. And so, you know, one idea, um, you know, could be, you know, if uh, you, like uh, a club could have their own portal. So a club won't be a group anymore. It'll be considered its own kind of like, it'll be considered a club. But within that club, you have a bunch of different groups. You have the guys that are just looking for casual hits. You have the guys who are looking, you know, a little bit more competitive. And then those guys will automatically, you know, put them, you know, if they, join these groups they can it'll be like a direct contact of like you know everybody is on the same page um who's free to hit on you know friday or whenever um but you know i yeah i i want it to be flexible you know that's the reason why it's also like simple um you know to kind of people can use it for different like i want people to use it in different ways and then you know uh, i'll also learn from you know, these people, when they use it in a different way, they're like, oh, I didn't think about, you know, you could use it like that. That's pretty cool. What, you know, let me, maybe I'll put a little bit more effort into making that a, you know, a better experience for the user, um, which, you know, I encourage right now, right now, I, you know, in terms of like, you know, this all sounds like big and dandy. If I can get every single tennis player in the U S to download this and really have a cohesive network of it, you know, but it's it's kind of like a paradox where it's like people will like people will be on it if other people are on it, but if nobody's on it, they don't want to be on it. And so it's like, you know, getting those first users, especially, you know, in any kind of like social network uh, kind of uh, environment is, is always like the toughest part. Um, and so, you know, it's the, the next step is just like talking to people, going to clubs talking to tennis directors, going to um, college teams and saying, Hey, I did this, you know, why don't you try using it out? If there's something that you want to see, let me know and I'll do it for you because, you know, this isn't for me. This is like for, for, for other people and, and to get them more engaged in tennis at the end of the day, that's really all, all it is, a, you know, the goal. Well, I know you're in your infancy now, uh, you know, your beta stage or so to speak. Uh, uh, how are you, are you pre-promoting yet or not really? Or I mean, cause my first thought is, Hey, if we can get you on the site where people, you know, at least on my site where people come mm -hmm. visit every day, uh, you can, um, you know, we can have your presence there. I guess they could download the app from there or at least go to a link where they could download the app. Is that, are you doing things like that? Is that one of the reasons we're talking today? Are you doing anything on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or any of those? Yeah, um, I'm. I finally I feel ready to start uh, start like spreading the word about it, um, which mm -hmm. is partly why uh, I guess we're we're here today. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I'm very especially because I'm in the beta stage. Um, you know, I need to be very uh, vigilant in how I market it. Um, you know, I could just like I could put out a bunch of like ads on Facebook, on Instagram, all of this, and and you know, I'll get some downloads but it's going to be scattered. And what's the point of having somebody in New York and a guy in Florida 
if they can't play tennis. And so it's like, you know, trying to create bubbles, um, you know, you know, start with like one club, you know, one city, one, you know, thing. And uh, another thing is also because it's, we're beta testing, we don't want to get too big too quick because th- a bunch of things are going to break. And then it's a lost opportunity that some people will da- un- uninstall the app and then, you know, move on with their lives. And so we got to like, you know, no, you're right about that. That same thing happened with us here at Brody Tennis. You know, the first three or four months, you know, I'd have people lucky for me, my members would call email or text me and say, Hey, did you know this link is broken? No, I didn't know that. Thank you. And yeah, you're right. You know, you got to figure about 90 days for that. That's what I sort of ended up with after about 90 days, it was all cleaned up or maybe a little less. Yeah. Um, well, you one know, thing, one of the things, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, uh, kind of also to touch on like the pre-promoting you mentioned. Uh, pre- so I started a Tipsy Tennis podcast uh, at around the same time, maybe a little bit after we started developing the app. I would say in a, like August, right before the US Open. I'm in New York. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me start then and kind of ride that wave of uh, view, like, you know, momentum. And uh, Tipsy Tennis is like my pre-promotion. It's like, you know, creating a like rebrandings so i don't want i didn't want to call it like net post podcast uh you know i wanted to like rebrand as something that's like you know funny lighthearted, uh yeah and and like really in the spirit of like also net post as well of you know being social and you know not taking it too seriously you know you could still compete and have fun um and uh yeah that's been a that's been a, a lot of the that's been a lot of work a lot more work than i thought it was uh, gonna be when i started well, yeah, yeah, I do this one and I do another called The Real Spin. And yeah, it's a lot of work, you know, I mean, uh, it's all, you know, but, you know, let's face it, we do it because we love the game, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's it. You know, I just thought of something. I guess the way you have it right now, people wouldn't have to, I, I guess they could do that live ball thing. They could just say, I won 2118. Yeah. I mean, they could do, of- is it that flexible where they could just, you know, list yeah, the score? You can throw in the, the tiebreak section and you can have like, you know, it's uncapped and you can play five tiebreakers and just keep track of each one. Um, I see. Cause some people do would prefer to do that. You know, they don't yeah. want to get involved in a whole set or a two out of three set match. Yeah. I've, even now, like I'm, I'm still pretty high, like high level, but like, I don't really like playing sets. I prefer to just like feed the ball down the middle or cross court and start the point like that. You get so much more hitting in more grooving you like serving is a waste of time like you hit the you hit your first serve it hits the net the ball rolls you got to go move it get ready for your second serve you double fault next thing you know it's like a minute a minute and a half in between points sometimes right 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 yeah no that's so that that is so i guess you do have that flexibility now yep so tell us about tipsy tennis uh as long as we got some time yeah so tipsy tennis uh i'm about 10 episodes in and it's uh it's exactly what it sounds like uh we get tipsy and we talk about tennis um not every single episode involves uh drinking and uh uh and i have and i'll be honest i have been rejected a couple times from people when i like reached out asked them for an interview they told me and you didn't suggest well why don't you do some edibles or something instead (laughs) Uh, I mean, they, uh, they, I got turned down because these are people that work with, uh, with kids 
and like my my logo was like a guy who's passed out on the court with oh, like classic auto <laughs> spill it's like it's a cartoon uh, i got an artist to like hand hand draw it and i'm i'm i i've I'm really proud of it. I drew like I'm artistically challenged, but I drew like a sketch and I had a vision of like what I want this cover to look like. And this guy like hit it right on the head. You got something we can look at? Uh, yeah, it's um, so. Um, so I got turned down because it was it was not the right look that uh, there it is. It was not the right look for for him. <laughs> yeah nowadays there you know well not just now yeah i see it's classic nowadays and 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 even before uh you know there's always going to be your uh you know prohibitionists so to speak or people that are getting over uh having addiction issues uh never a problem for me i always had a couple of beers and still have just a couple of beers after a match or after a, a hard day on the court that's it, you know, but uh, I guess some people, you know, uh, especially big time tennis players, I've done some interviews with them and, you know, they, they, uh, tennis players can be rock stars, if you know what I mean. Oh, for sure. For sure. I've heard so many stories and that's also like, that was another thing that I wanted to tackle like and, t and talk about a lot on the podcast when I bring people on is like, you know, tennis is no longer that posh sport, you know, in all whites you know, playing at, you know, all England club. It's no longer that, like you have guys like Kyrgios, um, who, who, who have kind of, you know, uh, reinvented the game almost not reinvented. That's a, that's a, that's a big statement, but he drew, he drew in a big viewership, you know, that's. Yeah. He's, now. he's today's version of Ilya Nastasi maybe. Yeah. Or even, have, you know, you have guys like now Bandian, Marat Safin, uh, Agassi. That's true. You know, that's true. It's it's so it's, it's evolved. And, and, you know, there's so many things that happens behind the scenes. And like, we know this just because we have friends, we've been in the, in the, in the industry or in the, you know, around tennis for so many years. I mean, I started playing with, I've been playing for 20 years, traveled a lot and stuff like that. And I'm, and you, you, you too as well. And we just, we just know things just from our experience because we've dedicated our lives to this. But for the people who don't know, they just don't know. And like, you know, there's, there's just some things that, you know, never some awesome stories, some cr like crazy, you know, you would never expect that from like a tennis player, so to speak, um, that I think deserves, you know, some airtime and, I, and uh, you know, branded with like the, the tipsy, it's like lighthearted, like, you know, you know, don't take this shit too seriously. That's kind of like the, the you know, enjoy it. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so many of them, unfortunately, I started thinking about my uh, college experience. I mean, some of my tipsiest stories, I, I don't even think I could tell. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I would be uh, canceled or banned or something because, you know, you're right. I mean, you don't expect, especially college tennis. There's yeah. some shit that goes on in college tennis. You wouldn't believe. I mean, seriously, I mean, crazy stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, fights and, and all kinds of things that break out in tennis. People just don't know. Yeah. You know, Cause it's such uh, a small thing, college tennis, you know, it's just a little niche group of, of people yeah. and everyone. Yeah. And my, my approach to it is like, uh, bringing like, I like to, I want it to be like a, like a conversation, but it's also a little bit interview and like kind of creating a spotlight on this person and really, 
zoning in on this person's experience and how they got into it and what opportunities it came because like, you know, not all, you know, I, uh, not everybody's a professional tennis player, but there is the, the, the industry is just so big and there's opportunity everywhere. And so it's not necessarily being a, you know, top level athlete. It's being a coach, being an amazing coach, being a club director, being a tournament, a tournament or like program coordinator, um, a college recruiter, um, a tennis entrepreneur, you know, podcaster, uh, you know, there's, there's so many ways, where, there's so many directions where it can go. And, um, you know, I, I think when people think about tennis, at, at least kids from an early age, I think they're like a little bit, it's, it's very, they're very much in a bubble in terms of like their kind of their day to day and um, some of their, um, you know, ambitions and the, and the ambitions, but also the pressure they may have from their parents or coach. Um, and it's, it's a very narrow minded approach. Whereas tennis as a whole is so much greater than that. Um, and I, and I think, uh, you know, I, I try to use, I'm trying to use net post and, uh, tipsy tennis to kind of spread that message and, you know, get people engaged on it on all different levels and, you know, bring people together. Cause I think, you know, tennis is, uh, it's, it's an amazing sport. You can play until that, you know, until you're 90 years old. So you're my and, age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and the great thing is like, all you really need is one person. If you want to play soccer, baseball, or basketball, you got to get a whole bunch of people where everybody needs You're to right. Meet. Tennis is like you and your buddy, you try to beat the shit out of each other on the court. Then you sit down, yep. you, you have a couple beers, you know, it's yeah. And you don't even need a person always like today I'm going to the club because uh, our courts are finally uh, playable and uh you know it's it's uh, the snow's gone and and i'm i'm just taking out the ball machine make sure it works really well for the season and i'm just going to hit for an hour or 45 minutes against the ball machine or sometimes i hit against the wall i mean it, tennis is a, it's let's face it man it's a journey yeah and uh yeah it's a it's a journey and it's a journey that you have no idea where it can take you um and it's I, true. I, I've developed my whole life's been based on tennis. Seriously. Uh, I can't believe it. You know, if, and when I, if, and when I retire, I'll, I'll be able to look back and say, well, yeah, I spent my whole life in tennis and, you know, I made a living and, and uh, traveled the world, you know, 20, 30 times over. And, uh, and it's all been big. And, and the people I meet like yourself and, and, you know, I've been made friends with people, fantastic people, you know, Dick Gould, and Johan Crick and, and and just all these guys are really interesting, great guys. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's really, it's a life. There's yeah, no question. It's a life. Um, yeah. Way, way behind being uh, a high level athlete. Like it's, it's, uh, I was, I was about to say something. I'm completely, completely blanking on it. <laughs> uh, That'll happen more often when you get to my age, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, um, but we were talking about podcasts and meeting people and 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 traveling the world, and you've done all that uh, with yeah, Fordham I, University. I, yeah, I mean, uh, even uh, last week or like two weeks ago, I was in Stockholm, Sweden, 
to meet up with uh, this player, Simon Freund. He used to be, he's a Swedish player. He's like maybe uh, like a thousand in the world. He's like 10 points right now, but he used to be like 600. I saw him, I saw, I saw he was doing some stuff on uh, social media. He had a pretty big following on Instagram and YouTube. He records all of his matches on the ITF level and then gives comment like post-match commentary to it and like the highlights, which is, uh, is cool. So I just reached out to him. I, and I, I was already in Europe, uh, visiting some other friends, but I, t I told them like, Hey, I got a few days. Um, you know, I, where are you going to be? You know, if you're playing a tournament, I'll come, you know, support you, cheer you on. If you're at home, you know, do it. And I went to Stockholm. I played some tennis, um, had a blast, you know, with this guy, we, um, and that's just like, you know, he's a high level athlete. I'm the guy who drinks beer and talks about tennis. Um, but you know, it, it was still like, also like, honestly, you know, it was a magical moment, you know, to kind of yeah do that. And, and yeah, it's, it's very unique. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. I, you know, my wife doesn't play tennis, but I tell her sometimes I'll get off and one of these podcasts and, you know, like say an hour and a half with a Dick Gould or, or um, you know, uh, a Greg Patton, you know, someone that I've always looked up to and I've known him through the years by playing against him uh, or just bumping into him at, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so many different you know, league matches or this or that, or one of my boys will play one of his boys Wow. And, um, yeah, I'll just tell my wife, I said, I'll just say, babe, that was a magic, you know, it was magical. It was, it was a, it was a, almost a bucket list podcast. And I'm just so happy. I got to get inside this guy's head, someone who's been so successful and, and such a, a decent human being their whole lives. And, you know, you, you just learn from talking to all these people. Like I said, tennis really can provide an amazing life, uh, whether you go pro or not. Yeah. I, actually, speaking of that, like you, I watched uh, uh, the episode with uh, Murphy Jensen, and oh, like, that was a, yeah, a couple months, about a month ago, yeah. Yeah, that one, that one got like very deep, which uh, I was not, you know, which is it was cool. I mean, I I, I, I sat through the whole thing. It was like a really uh, thanks. Uh, Glad you did. It was, it, and you know, especially with like that, like you know, people. Like look at a like look at a player like uh, Radicanu. She right. won the U.S. Open. She got you know a huge check. She has she she has a sponsor endorse endorser sponsors you know flooding her. She's she's like she doesn't even need to play tennis anymore to to. <laughs> but you know anyway. And but the same thing also happened to like Sloane Stevens. She won the U.S. Open and then she couldn't win a match. Same thing happened to yeah. Dominic. He won U.S. Open could not win a match. You're absolutely and, right. And it's like it's uh you know even people you think that like you're trying to aim for the top but you know it's also it's i don't want to it's not like ironic but it's um i guess i guess you know the irony is like you aim for the top and like it really drops you to the bottom um which is i think you know uh, i think should be talked about more as well yeah, I think you're right. I think tennis is definitely uh, it's humbling experience also. Yeah. And I, I think that's where the journey is so great because it's, you know, everyone always people that play tennis and play at college and high school and all that stuff. They always say it's kind of a microcosm of life and, and you know, not to not to just, you know, beat that dead horse because everyone says it, but it's really true. You know, the ups yeah. and downs 
And sometimes you practice really hard and you're playing well, and then you play your worst in the match. And other times you have the worst warm up ever. And you just think, Oh, this is going to be a terrible day. And you play your best match. So you just never know what's going to happen out there. Yeah. And even talking, uh, you know, the, the, uh, talking to Simon who's touring right now, even for him, it's, it's like a huge struggle financially. And, uh, um, you know, I asked him, you know, like, why, why do you do it? You know, what, what, what motivates you? Because like the, the level of tennis and to become a professional tennis player has like the bar has gone up so freaking high in the last, you know, in the last few years. Um, and he's like, I like the challenge. And it's, and I think like, I, I wholeheartedly believe that tennis players are just a different breed of athlete from all the rest because it's a solo sport. Um, and the things you have to, the, the, the gen, honestly, like the gymnastics you need to go through of on a day-to-day basis to, you know, get to the level that you, you want to. And, and the thing is, it's like, it's a level that you want to get to, um, which, uh, you know, it, it needs to come from within, you know, you can't be told to do this. Uh, you need to do it yourself. And like with these team sports, you always have somebody telling you what to do. You have a coach, you have a manager, you have teammates, you have a captain. Uh, and then if you're, ha- and like, if you're having a shit quarter, they'll just sub you out in tennis. You're having a shit set. You're, <laughs> you gotta figure yeah. it out. Ain't no place to hide. There's no yeah, place to hide exactly. on the tennis court. That's, that's what I always tell my students. And no, I always uh, give kudos and, and I kind of get aggravated at parents sometimes when they get on their kids that I'm coaching And I'm like, hey, you know, you get out there and try this, you know, you should just give your son or daughter credit for having the huevos just to get out on that court and put their, you know, they put their heart on the line. Every time you step on the court, you face the big H factor, which is humiliation. You could be human. You could be knocked out. Like you said, it's a a one-on-one sport, kind of like prize fighting. Every time you step in the ring, you face the possibility of being knocked out on your ass and humiliated. And that's the same with tennis, you know, and, and even doubles, there's no place to hide. If you double fault a game away, I had a doubles partner in college. I hit, I think I hit one double fall in the NCAAs. I hit a double fault at the wrong time. We didn't lose the game. We actually won the game, but I hit a double fault at the wrong time. He, and I, it was in the net. He takes it out of the net and he rips it right at me. Wow. And, you know, get your fucking, ser- I mean, he was really, it was like, get your serve in. I'm like, okay, boss. Uh, you know, okay, you know, I mean, what do you do? So, I mean, there's just no place to hide in tennis, you know, singles or doubles. Um, yeah. And I think that's why you're right. It is a special breed to play tennis. You know, it ain't like playing on your softball team. Yeah, and and I think now um, what's also tougher about it is the amount of training in the gym that has evolved in the last, like, few years where – like players, this is, you know, Simon was telling me, it's like a lot of players, the more time they spend on the court, the weaker they're kind of getting. Like they don't play five hours a day like they used to. They play right. like an hour and a half maybe. And the rest is in the gym doing freaking loaded squats, jumps. And uh, and uh, like I've seen some of like the training, you know, like Alcaraz and, and, and these guys are do, like it's insane. And that's what it takes to, you know, stay at that high level. It's no longer, and you now it's gotten very physical and it's and very mental, you know, just 
Yeah. You know, it's funny, back in the day, way before you were born, uh, Nastasi was asked, Ilya Nastasi, he's got a beautiful, he had a beautiful game. Yep. And he was sort of the precursor to the modern game, you know, um, very fluid, kind of effortless. He was the first tweener I've ever seen. I, I saw him hit the tweener and that was back in the early 70s. And, um, you know, he was asked, you know, how do you train for tennis? He goes, I play tennis to, to play, to train for tennis. And that made sense to me when I was growing up. I'm like, yeah, so I was sort of against all the weights and stuff. But but I think these guys train more off court now than they do on court. I think maybe they play a couple hours a day. I know me personally at my age, it's more important to stay in the gym. My game is pretty much where it's always going to be. And, Even and for me. I, yeah, is yeah. that right? I'm not even if I'm not in the gym, my my tennis struggles so much. Um, I've it makes me more injury prone. Um, mm -hmm. Like I, I had like a series of injuries. It was like first it was my ankle. Uh, then I or no, I tore my hamstring. Then I sprained my ankle. Then I hyperextended my knee. All just kind of like once I healed, the next one happened. I healed. The next one happened. And that's because I wasn't I was sitting all day. I wasn't exercising. And uh, that's one thing. And have you read um, Andre Agassi's Open, his autobiography? Uh, I saw it years. Ago. I saw it years ago, but I don't recall. I didn't read it cover to cover, but I did look at it. Yeah. So one thing that is uh, really interesting about that is his trainer uh, Gil. He went. Agassi was training with. I forgot his last name, but uh, you know, Gil, Gil Reyes, right? Reyes, yes, exactly. So yeah. Gil Reyes, while he was working, like. He would bring Agassi to the gym, but then he was looking at it. It's like, these are, you know, exercises that are going to make you stronger, but you need to get like stronger for tennis. And Gil Reyes literally constructed with his bare hands, tennis specific uh, gym machinery, you know, way, you know, different ways where he can lift weights. And I think that was like, that was like the, the, the turning point in, uh, hmm. in the rest of like tennis history, uh, you know, like the invention of, the you know whatever machine that he invented it was like you know it, it it changed the way players um players were training i mean like i i whole I, I believe players are getting faster better stronger because it's not because of like you know the technology i mean part of the technology but like it's the way we're training you know the exercises alcaraz is doing is different from what Ivan lendl was doing or you know these guys which is going to make um, a guy like Alcaraz just like an apex athlete um, on like uh, on on all the levels. Well, he certainly is a beast. I mean, as for when I first saw him, Indian Wells last year, I, and I thought, hey, this guy, you know, he's got the the strokes of of, uh, of a Lendl, and he's got the build and the, and the speed of a Nadal. And I just yeah. thought this guy is going to be a terror. I don't know if his um, mentality is quite there, but he's, he's very young. What is he? 19. Yeah. I mean, he's very the thing young. Is, and we keep saying, we keep saying like, Oh, this guy's going to be the next big thing. This guy's going to be the next big thing. The, the records that Nadal, Federer and Djokovic uh, set yep. are the most impressive thing about it is the, uh, is the longevity of their career. Like Nadal, I, Federer I Djokovic not getting injured at 18 years old. And like Alcaraz, you know, he needs to be very careful. Like he could be the best in history if he stays healthy. 
and and the, and it's a real question on staying healthy you know not overexerting yourself like what's the point of winning a grand slam and pushing yourself all the way if you can't play the next one or the next two right i think you got to play within yourself for sure i mean certainly you look at a guy like fed and his game was so fluid and balanced and effortless you knew he could last a long time and and then you look at nadal and you go okay he's got a more explosive game but I always thought, you know, right from the beginning, I said, man, this guy's going to burn out someday. Well, he didn't, but yeah. he is now. But he is now. You see a lot of losses now, a lot of injuries, stomach muscle tears and legs and ankles. Yeah. And, and so it is finally taking its toll. Djokovic, I think, is the GOAT now, even though I was a Fed fan, to be honest with you. Oh. But, but Djokovic, you have to take your hat off to the guy because – he was the spoiler, right? You either were a Fed lover or a Nadal lover. And then who is this guy who jumps in and, you know, he kind of pissed yeah. people off because he was a spoiler. Uh, but you got to hand it to him because he took all the criticism. And, you know, in the beginning, he was double, he was defaulting to guys like Roddick. And, and then they found out about the gluten and this and that and, and how he was feeling, you know, uh, there was anxiety in his body, you know, and stressors in his body. And he had to quit. I think he defaulted you know, a couple, three times in big matches. And that really pissed people off too. And, you know, I'm not even sure if today half the reason he's banned from these tournaments is because they still have it out for him because he was the spoiler. But yeah. I, I agree. I don't think these records will be broken for a long time. I think we're going to go back to the days of so-and-so wins this tournament, so-and-so wins this one, and not one guy consistently winning everything. I don't think we're going to see that for a while. Yeah, I agree. And like what I love Except about for Djokovic, I think with Djokovic, if they let him play, we'll see him win just about everything he enters. I Yeah, I think what, he's 22. I think he can hit like 26. Um, That's I agree. I'd say 25 or 26. I agree, um, which is, an you know, we talk about it like casually, but that's yeah. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. He, he won uh, Australian Open with a four inch tear in his hamstring, four inches. I don't know. And he won he, without losing. And I don't think he lost more than a set. No, no. Like this guy just, you know, I, and, and the, the fascinating thing about him is uh, he was winning. He was winning like in the era of Federer and Nadal. Federer and Nadal had a little bit of time before Djokovic really started yes. hitting Federer a little bit more time. Um, like before Nadal, like who, who was Federer really losing to? You know what I mean? Um, and don't forget, you still had, I mean, yeah, Federer and Nadal, but you still had Murray, who was insane. You yeah. still had Waranka. I thought Waranka just looked brilliant. You know, even yesterday, he won yesterday, I think his third round at Indian Wells. He looks brilliant again. Uh, I don't know if he can do the damage he used to do. And you had Sangha, you had, and Safin. So it wasn't like, you know, it was just Federer and Nadal. It was a beast of a draw. Yeah, and, and they still set themselves apart. And what I, you know, uh, going kind of like to finish what I was saying with Djokovic, the fascinating thing with him as well is be, he's always been the, you know, the underdog. He's always been the villain. And uh, he, number one, the, the the mental strength you need to have when, like, people are constantly cheering against you. Like, it gets tired after a while. And he just stuck with it. But the thing with him is we gave Federer and Nadal our respect. Djokovic commanded it. He's like, guys, I, he he commanded it. And, yeah. and commanded it by the way he played, by the way he was able to win, 
by the way that he overcame just so much adversity in his entire life, like just adversity after adversity, like hurdle, hurdle, hurdle. Like he, he this guy never got a break ever. I agree. And he's still not getting a break. Yeah. And, and he can, and the, the fact that, you know, we're still calling him, we're calling him, you know, one of the goats or the goat, you know, he, he commanded it. It wasn't given to him. He, he, yeah. he took it. He, when I think of the turning point with him, it's when he won that uh, finals and he ripped his shirt off. Oh yeah. To me, <laughs> I thought to him, that's it. That's, I thought, okay, that's it. This guy's going further and further and further. He's, you know, that, that took some huevos to do that. I can't remember who he beat. It must have been it must have been Federer and Nadal, but uh, uh, and I th- that was a 2012 Australian Open uh, Australian Open final against Nadal. It was five hours and uh, 53 minutes. I want to say longest. And that wasn't time. even as long. I mean, then you then you look at the Wimbledon against Fed, where he's down a couple of match points. Yeah, and he hits the line on the return of serve and Same comes thing back. And- open. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's so many highlights. It's it's insane. Well, listen, you know, this has been uh, really fun, Adam. I, I'm really glad we got together. It just um, the conversation flowed like water, and, and it was really good uh, getting to know you as well. And uh, good luck with NetPost. Uh, I'll keep I'll keep it on there. If you want to get it on the site, and you want to tell people right now how to how to get to it. And tipsy as well. Feel free to do some shameless plugs right now. But if you'd like, I'll also uh, get it on our partners page where I'm with Sports Ed TV and Murphy Jensen and a couple of other uh, great, great people and their organizations that they're promoting. Uh, we're happy to do that with you as well. And if you ever want to get tipsy and uh, talk to me, I'm happy to. I just bought a new flask here and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I appreciate, you, appreciate you taking the time to, you know, bring me onto your show. Um, you know, I've, I'm usually the person doing the inter doing the interview. So it's nice to be the interviewee um, and, 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 you know, spread my message uh, out to the world. Um, if anybody's interested in downloading the app, it's right now, it's only on the uh, app store for iOS iPhones. Um, we're working hard to, to build it um so one step at a time but yeah it's called it's uh, on the app store under as a net post sports um you can find it there tipsy tennis uh instagram is where i'm most uh most active uh you can find you can find the tipsy the tipsy tennis podcast is on all major uh streaming sites on spotify apple google stitcher all of those um but uh and then a little bit on youtube uh, I'm going to start breaking into YouTube a little bit more with the, you know, the longer formats I've been starting to tape my, uh, my episodes before it was, it was just audio. And then, yeah. And then the, the Instagram is like, I post a lot of funny stuff, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, you know, I use that as just like whatever I'm feeling that day or whatever idea I have, I just throw it on. And I think it's a, it's pretty, it's a, that's also really, it's a funny. And that's, t- and that's tipsy tennis over at the Instagram. Yeah, Tipsy Tennis Podcast. That's the, that's the handle. You'll you'll okay. you'll notice. You'll know what it is when you see the guy passed out on the tennis court. Gotcha. Well, y'all start to follow Tipsy Tennis on uh, YouTube and Instagram. Do the same with Brody Tennis. Living at the forty-five, the real spin, all that, and uh, hopefully you'll like and subscribe all this stuff if you like it. And uh, again, Adam, thanks so much for living with us at the forty-five today. It really was a pleasure. Yeah. And, Next time we'll do it on uh, on Tipsy Tennis Podcast. We'll kick back. We'll find an evening one night. 
have uh i'll interview you get to know more about you I, you know and uh yeah that would build a build a uh relationship you know start yeah, I, I had a blast i'm happy to do that i'm happy to do that in fact i'll be in uh, the east coast next week new york and then miami so <laughs> i'll text you when i'm going to be in new york maybe we can even uh, meet there for a beer or something sounds like it sounds good good thanks adam you have a great week all right you too take care all right talk to you Thank you.